Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Faye, and I'm joined by Don Booth today. Hello, Rich. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'd usually say I'm delighted to be joined by Don Booth. And it's not that I'm not delighted to be joined by you, Don, but as you said before we came on there, today's doom and gloom podcast. It's uh, almost a summary of everything that's gone wrong for United so far this summer. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, the 27th of August, about 20 minutes after the news that Paul Pogba is out of the France squad. He's just tested positive for coronavirus. So he's going to have to self-isolate for 14 days. He's out of the France squad for their Nations League double header starting next week. Um, I guess the other indication is he should, if the quarantine is successful and it's all done well, he will be still in contention to feature for United when the Premier League does start. But Dom, we'll get onto the other issues and stuff that's all happened and maybe tick them off one by one. It is like a checklist at the moment, but just more doom and gloom and another bad bit of news for United after a week to forget already. Yeah, as if it wasn't bad enough before, or even the, before the Harry Maguire incident, which I'm sure we'll talk about. It, it was pretty bad then because United hadn't made any successful moves in the transfer market, and other clubs were were making good progress on that. And and that side of things has only got worse with Chelsea announcing some big signings, and and now this Pogba news. I mean, it's it, it shouldn't affect Manchester United too badly, uh, and obviously, hopefully, poor Pogba is absolutely fine. Uh, um, but it's just another, yeah, it's just another, another one to tick on onto the list. And I guess the only positive is that Anti Martial has been rewarded for his fine season with a, a call to the France squad. But just as you thought that was going to be a little bit of a, a a boost for United, the Pogba news comes through, and it's just it just sums up the feeling around the place at the moment, doesn't it? It's just they really really need a boost from somewhere and a serious one. I don't know if it's going to come from a, a transfer or. Um, if it's maybe a, a good twist in the Harry Maguire saga it's just it's doom and gloom as you say yeah it almost feels like for some fans anyway that is isn't going to be a transfer which sort of appeases the frustrations at the moment so yeah Pogba we wish him all the best of course and at the moment this is the information we've got Didier Deschamps uh, uh, confirmed it 20 minutes ago or so once after, before we recorded this so any more updates on Pogba etc will be on the Manchester Union's website for the week Um and I guess if you were looking for a tiny little glimmer of hope, there's two already maybe this week in the fact that Mason Greenwood has got his first ever England call-up. Again, it's kind of weird, these call-ups anyway, because the you, you want to celebrate something like Mason Greenwood getting a call-up. But the fact is United have only just finished their season. They wanted to slowly and carefully prepare for the new campaign, have as much time off as possible. You know, the Premier League have knocked back, postponed that opening game against Burnley. But then on the other hand, Mason Greenwood could be playing again next week. So it's kind of a pinch of salt with all these call-ups that United players are getting. It's it's testament to them and it's a huge amount of success for Mason Greenwood being a senior England squad already. But for United, Dom, it's maybe a backhanded compliment because you'd want Mason Greenwood to be as safe as possible and wrapped up in cotton wool ahead of the new season. Yeah, I guess you would. Yeah, especially with no uh, forthcoming forward signings. Greenwood is, is very much in that first choice front three, isn't he? 
and 17 senior goals last season, you would expect that to to represent an England call up and you know absolutely vindicated Gareth Southgate's decision to to pick Greenwood. But like you say, it's it's a little bit strange that the special dispensation from the Premier League for United's opening day fixture to be postponed so they don't start until the 19th of September. Oh, but by the way, half your players are going to be playing before that in international football uh, in the UEFA Nations League. Uh, if one competition could have been completely scrapped, I know it was it was fairly good um, when they tried it out last year and England got to the, the finals, but uh, the UEFA Nations League really probably couldn't be parked, couldn't it, in the extenuating circumstances that we have. Anyway, that's that, that's that rant over. It's, it's good for Greenwood, I guess. It's, it's good that he can feel like an international footballer hopefully he gets on the pitch and he sort of has that uh that feather in his cap if you like and um I guess it is a little bit of a shame that Aaron Wan-Bissaka wasn't called up as well because I think he would have deserved it after a, a good season and I think Brandon Williams was was probably close to a call up for either the seniors or the under 21s but he's picked up a, a foot injury so mixed bag again it's not it's not all bright and uh, and shiny is it in any of these uh, topics for United? No, not of course. Uh, every almost every topic we talk about seems to be a positive and negative side of it. Uh, I guess that's just how football works, anyway. In terms of it, I guess should we try doing Alan Partridge and try to cancel out a negative with two positives because Good news about the Dean Hen- oranges and Dean Henderson new contract that's finally been agreed. Talks been ongoing all summer for Dean Henderson to get his new deal um he deserves a rise he deserves to have a chance at united next season now and don for you you know dean henson signing a new deal surely it means he's got to have a fair crack at the whip next season and be given a chance to prove himself as united's number one you would think so and and you know it's understood that that is a serious wage hike to to sort of represent where henderson is at the moment and you know he's a top 10 uh if not higher premier league keeper as things stand united had to get it done because with the chances of Chelsea circling over over Henderson, they didn't want to lose out to Chelsea in another way in this transfer window. With obviously Frank Lampard's side completing all that early business with Werner and Hakim Ziyech and now signing Ben Chilwell and looking close to a couple of others as well. They had to they had to give Henderson what he wanted and, and what he deserves. I just wonder what you think about the, the Henderson De Gea decision. Solskjaer sort of backed himself into a, a corner a little bit now, hasn't he? he? He's got a massive decision to make, having handed them both big contracts in successive years, and he's not really given an indication about what he's going to do with this decision. No, exactly. It's a, it's a difficult one. He's sort of already but it's close to the master the fact that he backed De Gea for the two big semi-finals United you know, lost towards the end of last season. You know, De Gea is quite clearly his number one. He stuck behind De Gea the season previous as well when the, there's that awful end of the season when United drew with Huddersfield and lost to Cardiff. And yeah. you, just knew, you just knew then, like, what was the point of playing De Gea then? There was no need to be stuck by him, stuck by him again this season. But like I said, United, uh, they, they're they really odd because in some areas of the squad, they're so weak and in other areas, they've got so much talent, maybe too much talent. And De Gea and Henderson, we used to say that Sergio Romero was quite clearly the best backup keeper maybe in world football. Well, now he's the third best. He's like the, the best third Definitely choice. Definitely the best football. third choice in world football. Yeah. By an absolute mile. But then United also have the best second choice. So they've got the best goalkeepers in the world but they've still not got a right winger. They've still not got maybe a centre-back partnership which is good enough for 
for even a top four challenge over the course of a full season, really. Midfield looks looks okay, looks improved, but it's just an odd one. You know, they had to keep Henson. It would been re- I mean, imagine how bad this week would be if they said, Oh yeah, we're not giving to uh, Henson new terms. But it's a huge decision to make. I still think that De Gea will be number one, just because I don't think I still don't know if De Gea, if Dean Henson's really ready to be a Champions League club. But I we think won't know that been... until he gets the opportunity. No, of course. That's, that's the thing, isn't it? Catch 22. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think in terms of, you know, the fact he's homegrown, the fact that he was at a smaller club with less pressure last season really helped him. His development, you know, he, he deserves to be a Premier League goalkeeper. He's definitely a top-half goalkeeper as well. But it's a huge testament. But it's a good good problem for United to have because it's win-win at the moment. Either, you know, United's... I know it sounds maybe crass in this way and I know they've got an illustrious like youth academy and stuff but the interest for next season maybe isn't on Dean Henderson's development it's just to make sure he not have a good goalkeeper so if Dean Henderson suffers but De Gea prospers I don't think that's necessarily a bad problem for United for next season so yeah, that's good, yeah. I think they just, they've, they've got to just have, as long as one of the keepers performs United won't, won't really care it's just now up to them to prove that they should be the number one so I guess we just wait and see uh on what happens in, in terms of Dean Henderson. Uh, dare we go down the transfer route, Dom? I know we get asked these things and every tweet we send gets, what's the latest on Sancho? Blah, blah, blah on it. I mean, the tragedy is that sometimes there just really isn't any developments in it. United and Dortmund still sort of loggerheads over Jaden Sancho. You know, unless there's a compromise from either side, it's not going to happen. That's basically where we're at at the moment. Yeah, I, I I do think there's still a chance that United can sign Sancho, and there's a lot of doom and gloom, as we've mentioned, and and pessimism, especially on social media, that United aren't going to sign anyone, and the Sancho deal is completely dead in the water. I don't think that is the case. I don't understand that to be the case. But United, as we've said before, they have to start putting out feelers for other targets and other players. It's just not it's not acceptable for a club of their size to be acting in this one-out way in the transfer market and that they're so fixated on one player. Uh, you know, As you mentioned, Rich, the squad needs improvement in a few different areas. And even if you don't sign a megastar like Jaden Sancho, go and sign David Brooks or go and sign Jack Grealish. You know, they, they were players that will improve United's depth in attacking uh, areas. It's just not happening. It's just, it is so frustrating for fans. I do, I do completely empathise with a lot of these fans who are frustrated, especially um, when you see what other clubs are doing. But, you know, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we're kind of in a position where, you know, we've got to see it from both points of view. From the club's point of view, you can see why United don't want to overpay. They don't want to get ripped off. There's already United tax on any player they're going for. They already have to pay maybe an extra 10, 15%, at least than any other side would, just because they're Manchester United. But on the other hand, every other rival is strengthening Chelsea, United might say, well, we finished above Chelsea last season. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter. Third, what's the difference between third and fourth now? It doesn't matter. It does not matter. You both get Champions League. You both didn't get a trophy, so it doesn't matter. Just level on points as well. So yeah. it wasn't a huge chasm between them. So saying we've finished with Chelsea is not good enough. When Chelsea have bought Werner, they're going to get Havertz. They've got Ziyech already. They've got Chilwell. They're going to get Malang Sar. That's five players, and they might get a new goalkeeper on top of that. Yeah, you know I mean? and that's and a team centre back in Thiago Silva as well. Yeah, so that's six new players and probably seven if they were to get a goalkeeper as well. United have signed no one. Yes, they're looking to get some youth players over the line, but you're not going to see that for three, four years. The thing to be said the, about the earliest. maybe is that 
we have seen it in the past where teams have, have bought an entire new side, basically, in a summer transfer window. And it has massively backfired spectacularly. I mean, you think about the Tottenham's Magnificent Seven when they replaced Gareth Bale with, with all those players, Paulinho and Capoue. Lamella. Yeah, Lamella. Yeah. One or two of them came off in time, but a lot of them didn't come off at all. And then Everton had that summer where they seemed to sign about five different number 10s, including when Wayne Rooney went back there from United and Sigurdsson. And everyone's tipping them for a top four finish. And when yeah, did they, they finish? No one even remembers. So United probably say, listen, we're not going for that kind of upheaval. We're, we're building a lot more steadily and slowly under Solskjaer. And that's, that's the way Solskjaer likes to operate as well. But there's a middle ground to be struck, isn't there? And two or three signings would be would be absolutely fine for United this summer. They need to get them done. Yeah, exactly. And I agree with you 100% as well that it's quality over quantity for United this summer. And Solskjaer said, he said since January, um, it's going to be another summer window where it's, t- it's a case of two or three rather than five or six. But I guess the frustration, the the sympathy that you can have for, for fans, as, you know, it, United have come out and Edward would said it's not going to be a typical summer window. It's going to be a strange summer. There's, it's not going to be like any other summer transfer window. We get that. You can put that to one side. But the fact is, Chelsea have signed players. Liverpool have signed players. Man City have signed players. Arsenal are going about to sign some players. So United can't say, oh, it's going to be difficult for everyone when everyone else is buying players. And, you know, it's getting to the stage now. We're, we're, we're really close to the start of the season. And the United lineup against Crystal Palace might be the very same one that played at Sellers Park up to two months ago because there'll be, there'll be no one fresh to add. And it's getting to the stage where you just feel, surely they need to add someone, doesn't matter who it is, just get someone in and, and get the fans back on side. Yeah, just for that boost, like we said. Yeah, it's difficult, but um, elephants in the room. Lionel Messi's not going to be there, is he? Lionel Messi's not going to be there, no. As much as... It's it's like one of those topics that has been spoken between groups of friends and groups of United fans probably for years. And what if we had Lionel Messi in the side? And yeah, it does look like he's going to leave Barcelona. I wouldn't be a hundred percent sure of that because we've seen these sort of U-turns in the past, and it, it 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 sort of smacks of a power play of some kind from Messi, who who knows his importance to Barcelona. I think the president Bart- Bartomeu said as much how how important Messi is and the new manager, Ronald Koeman, will, will want Messi, obviously. Who wouldn't want Messi? But for many well, I guess reasons... You've, I you've, you've, you've said it yourself there, though. Who wouldn't want Messi? I mean, I well, know we'll reasons, say... I don't think it works for United in, in some ways. I don't know if, what you think in terms of his age. They've been stung by superstars before. I know Messi is probably a level up from that. There are, there are mitigating factors why you wouldn't want Messi, although his quality is undoubted. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I wrote a piece on that as well, saying like he goes against everything United have said they will do. He goes against the transfer strategy. He's too old. He's thirty-three. He's the best player maybe of all time. So I don't buy the age one a bit too much. And we've seen what Ronaldo does at an older age going to Juventus. He's still delivering, isn't he? It's not as if when you're a player of that caliber, age doesn't even come into it. I don't think. But like you said, I just United, United and Messi just does not seem like a match at all. In, no, he's on a huge, some huge amount of amount of money as well, isn't he? Yeah, no and of course that will only... He's not going to improve United, but it, yeah, it's just does that upset the balance of the squad? I think exactly in the same way which Alexis Sanchez's highest earner fee did, and it upset people in the dressing room. And then of course, if you were to get Messi in, 
there's repercussions when you're trying to negotiate with Pogba's new deal because then Pogba's got so much lenience to say, well, I want this much then because Messi's on double what everyone else is on. Do you know what I mean? So you've but got to think about that, the wider probably pit. go to Man City and he'll probably you know, help win them the league again and you know, break all yeah. sorts of records because it is Lionel Messi. Exactly, and when he signs, if he, you know, if he signs for City and he scores like sixty goals next season, then you'll say, "Why didn't United sign him?" And you know, it's it, like you say, it just seems silly, but it's not a United's thinking at the moment. And you've got to remember, they've been tracking Jaden Sancho not only for the last three weeks, but for the last three years, and not signed him. So if United are then suddenly be able to sign Messi within a week, with a week's notice, is just utterly fanciful. Um, and of course, it might not seem like it for United fans, but they have gone quite a way now of getting Jaden Sancho's deal done. They're not just going to abandon that at the, flick of, at the drop of a hat because Messi's available. So, you know, the, the line still is really that Jaden Sancho remains the priority. But as we've said, it just depends uh, what sort of happens going forward for that. Um, Dom, the other news which broke on Tuesday was the uh, Harry Maguire verdict. We won't go too much into the legal side of it all and what's been said and all that but again it's just not the look United wanted he's since been dropped back out of the England squad after being initially named in it but um, Harry Maguire you wrote the piece yourself that you know regardless of the outcome it does pose the question of what United do next season they say they're going to stick by him which you know that's great and that's what you need to do with your captain but do you think he still remains captain? I guess that's a big if as it stands although you know the indications from Maguire's legal team and from United are, you know, are very, very different to what came out in the court case. And certain people, including Maguire's lawyers, say that the whole thing was was rushed and there was certain evidence that wasn't presented to the to the court. It doesn't. It's just not a good look, is it? I don't. I don't care which way you look at it. Um, guilty, innocent, or, or anything. It's, it's not a good look for for a captain of one of the biggest clubs in the world to be involved in a. In an incident like this, and Maguire maintains his innocence. He's he's posted um, on social media, hasn't he, a couple of days ago about you know the truth will come out. I think he's been very well supported by a lot of his fellow professionals and and pundits in the media. But there's there's this big thing that's just hanging over him, and I think it has given Solskjaer a decision to make over the captaincy purely because there are other contenders who haven't got an incident like this hanging over their head an asterisk if you like next to their name you know Bruno Fernandes Marcus Rashford someone like that could they do the job it's you know Maguire should obviously be allowed to continue playing for United and yeah exactly and again it puts in a difficult one because obviously we want to see the best players doing well I want to see everything going well as well but you know the truth will come out eventually we'll see what happens and we've got to respect what happens in, in that aspect you know you've got to let both sides of the story be told and then make your mind up on, on all of that. But like I said, it's gone from being, you know, it's only a few weeks ago United finished the season with that, that win at Leicester and everything sounded like United back in the Champions League, they're going to get Sancho. You know, watch out, United are back. It was like Rio Ferdinand was doing team talks again. You know, it was, it was all at the wheel sort of stuff. And now, <laughs> goalkeeper uncertainty, Sancho might not sign, Messi might go to City. Chelsea have literally just now announced the signing of Malang Sarr. So that's another one to add to the list. Um, it's now turned into a summer where it's looking quite tough for Solskjaer. It's looking like he's going to have a, a lot of big decisions early on into the season, which could sort of just define his whole legacy at the club. When you think about the goalkeeper decision, you think about Harry Maguire and you think about the Jadon Sancho saga. You know, some huge decisions coming up. Yeah, and Solskjaer will, he'll sort of, 
it looked like that sort of swan where they look all serene above the water, but below it, the legs are kicking and there's a bit of panic going on because that's his style. He, he will not show uh, any sort of concern or, you know, anxiety about what's happening this summer, even when he, he finally faces the media again. But he will be very, very, very concerned about not being backed, I think, in the transfer market. You know, he has done enough with the team in the past season with limited uh, resources. OK, they spent, they did spend money, but they also sold key players and lost key players under Herrera, Romelu Lukaku. He was happy to, to sanction Alexis Sanchez because he had faith in the youth coming through like Mason Greenwood. He's done enough to, to warrant some backing in the transfer market. I think he's, has he signed five players since... Uh, he's been United. Yeah, it's had four, think... four permanent and Bagallo on loan. So and, the, and they've all like, been pretty and, much successes. Yeah, and United have have this new strategy where they say it's got to be seventy percent success rate. Seven. So you buy ten players, seven of them are guaranteed successes, and you look at them all. Daniel James, yes, his form dropped off a cliff, but for a player who cost fifteen million pounds, did his job, got important goals. You know, that's that's his job done. Aaron Wambasaka. I think he's the best defensive fullback in English football. I don't, maybe not Europe. I think the Champions League later stages, we saw some good ones. People like Joshua Kimmich just looks a level above him. But in terms of defensive work as a fullback, Alan Bissaka, he's justified that 50 million. Harry Maguire, okay, maybe this isn't the week to talk about how good he's been, but, you know, it was a huge fee. They had to pay a huge fee. There was no way United won't get, we're going to get a centre back for cheap last summer when they needed a centre back and everyone knew it. He's the best centre back at the club. There's no questions about that. Yes, his performances haven't been 100% and he's probably been about 6 out of 10 for the whole season. But, you know, there's still a lot of time to prove that fee. Bruno Fernandes, yeah, ticks his box. I don't know, Juno Garlo, he did his job. He, he eased the pressure on Anthony Martial um, and he scored some... He got had a decent goal return when he first was playing proper minutes because now he's, he's just been brought on for cameos and he's brought on when United need a goal when they're struggling anyway and there's probably too much pressure on him. But like you said, Dom, he's... Solskjaer has delivered in the transfer market. Every player sales probably been correct and every player signing has done their job. So there should and be frustration. Premier League finish and a, a, an imp- a definite improvement in the style of football. That should be a message to the board that, that this guy deserves backing, you know, at least in one or two transfer windows. Like, like previous managers have been backed in the past, probably having done less than Solskjaer. No, yeah, exactly. And it's just... It's getting tedious now and it's getting really... I think that they need a reality check about just how late into this summer window we're going to be getting soon because, you know, it's not just that you've got until the 5th of October, so that's fine. When the games start coming, it's going to be at two a week, basically, as well. I know it's probably one to begin with, but United will have other interests and they'll have other things they need to keep their mind on. So I don't think that... I think it's fanciful to think United are going to be able to get even three players this summer now because even if you get Sancho, that seems like it's at least a week or so away from any sort of movement in it. And then you've run out of time again to get someone else in. You've got to stop that whole process again. And like you said, Dom, it's one at a time at the moment. But yeah, there I seems think... to be... Sorry, there's, there is a slight problem with United where sort of all their dirty laundry gets aired in public as opposed to some other clubs who... Even Chelsea, I know Chelsea are an absolutely massive club, but they're not Manchester United with the global appeal that they have. And they can do these deals slightly more under the radar. I mean, the Chilwell one, 
was it yesterday, Wednesday? That one really took me by surprise that that had just gone over the line so quickly. You would have thought yeah. that would be trailed a little bit more in the media, but it wasn't. It got done. They announced him, you know, and they've got a, a, probably the second best left back in the Premier League, I think, after Andy Robertson uh, on their books. Now, I don't think United would be able to do such a deal without uh, the attention and the coverage and the speculation. It's just United, again, is this sort of. The, Curse, they fight, isn't they it? Fight, it's the price yeah, they, they pay. They're losing battle against themselves sometimes. But do you think that that comes down to the fact that maybe United don't have the right people in charge at the top? Do you think they just need? I know we it always comes back to director of football and who the interest line. Like we said, it's difficult to, to argue for a director of football when United's transfer structure into Solskjaer has been flawless because it has. I don't care what your agenda, what you think is. It's been flawless that like we said all five players have been a success. All the departures have been warranted. But United still struggle to get deals done. They still have to play this tax. And, you know, it's just tedious how long negotiations seem to take place for United. I know they've got their principles and what they want to stand by, but it comes a time when there has to be a compromise. And yes, United say we don't want to get ripped off for Sancho, but there's an argument to say that even if you pay the asking price for Dortmund, that's still fair game. You know, if they want 110 million euros or whatever, 110 million pounds, there's there's argument to say that without anyone else coming in, just just buy him. Yeah, and I think that's what Chelsea appear to have done in certain cases, and they, they appear to have gone for the players who are obtainable for fees that they deem acceptable. United are reaching for the stars a little bit and going for a player who obviously is very very highly valued by his club. You'd say that's quite right. United should be going after you know a real quality star who would improve the team, which we know Sancho would do. It is just it is just difficult, and it it, is, it come back, comes back to that director of football role, which United have put off and put off and have, have virtually scrapped now, I think we understand. But Chelsea and, I think, Marina Granovskaya does, does most of their transfer business. She seems to be a very shrewd operator. Uh, Liverpool with Michael Edwards, they, they've perfected the art of selling players and, and getting slightly under-the-radar signings in on the cheap who will improve. United aren't quite doing that, despite... The, the record in the past 12 months, yes, fine. But before that, it was a little bit more haphazard and it's still costing them a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I guess, Dom, we've said all the bad news. We said it was going to be a doom and gloom podcast. But if, you know, you know announced Sancho. Well, if they announced Sancho, it would, you know, lots of fans wouldn't be bringing up all the negativity we've just mentioned. You know, it's, you know, one, one transfer really can transform the club, as we saw with uh, Bruno Fernandes in January. But, I'm not sure we are going to end on a positive. What I was going to ask you is, when do you think comes the point when United just have to say, right, Sancho, we're not going for you. Let's go get someone else. You said the likes of Grealish and Brooks. I'm not saying they're replacements for Sancho per se, but they're alternatives. They're people who could at least be short-term fixes in case he went for Sancho at a later date. But surely there has to be a point where United say, right, that's it for Sancho. It's either happening or it's not. Just give them an ultimatum. Yeah, I think the point should be I'm not saying this is what United will do I, I think it should be when the season starts because I don't think what you want to, if you sign Jaden Sancho is you want to use the fact that he's got a relationship with Marcus Rashford you want to get him dovetailing nicely with Mason Greenwood Anthony Martial Paul Pogba you want a little bit of preparation time and integration time in the squad if the season starts like we said earlier other priorities it's harder for players to to integrate when the team have already begun their campaign. 
So I think United maybe have to. We, we had Dortmund imposing an artificial deadline on this deal, didn't we? Earlier on in the in the summer, I think United maybe have to impose a deadline on themselves and say, "Let's we've really got to go all out and get this deal done." Like you say, maybe if United pay a certain amount, they will do it. Uh, and if not, time to move on. Time to look at other players because there are other good players in Europe other than Jaden Sancho, believe it or not. Yeah, exactly. You can't get too fixated on just one person. I think maybe that's it's difficult. And when someone like Sancho comes around, he does tick every single box. But, you know, there's backup options out there. There is Lilo Messi if you really get desperate for a right winger. You never <laughs> know what, what will happen. But Dom, thank you very much for joining us today on the Manchester's Red podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. And we will be back again uh, at some point next week to bring you all the latest Manchester news. Like we said, this one's been a bumper issue. There's probably things we've forgotten to talk about. Sorry about that. But we'll have all the latest United news on the Manchester Even News website. So please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. And we will see you again next time.